Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. Thanks for joining us today. If you give a child a book, you give them a window on the world. Books can take us out of our own family and communities to experience just a little bit of other people's joys and sorrows. They can explain the natural world around us and carry us to fantastic places. They bring the past to life and help us imagine future possibilities. I read a lot when I was a kid on the farm in Southern Virginia, dreaming of becoming a journalist one day in a big city. So I know the power and the delight of a good book. This hour, we're going to talk about sharing books with the kids and teenagers in our lives. I have two great guests with me today to talk about the best books to give as gifts this holiday season. And I definitely want to hear from you, too. Do you have a recommendation for a children's book? The phone lines are open. Here are the numbers to call. You can call us at 651-227-6000. Again, the number is 651-227-6000. 227-6000 or call 800-242-2828. In the studio with me this morning, I have two of my favorite guests who've made this conversation about children's books as gifts a bit of a tradition for us here at NPR News. Holly Weinkoff is here. Holly is the owner of the Red Balloon Bookshop on Grand Avenue there in St. Paul. Welcome back to the program, Holly. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you for having us, Angela. And your buddy is here too, Elisa Von Dresik, the curator of the Children's Literature Research Collection at the University of Minnesota Libraries. It's also known as the Curlin Collection. Lisa, so good to see your smiling face too. Oh, what a joy this is. <laughs> so you two are a, a, a bit of a dynamic duo when it comes to to talking about the best children's books out there and their authors. And so first, I want to know, has 2023, has this been a good year for children's books? Have you seen some new ones that really impressed you? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a, a terrific year. And I, I would say each year, um, as, as long as I've been doing this, we keep seeing um, a, a wider variety of voices um, in, in mm-hmm. the books and in the people who are writing the books. One of the things we've seen in recent years is just an explosion in graphic novels um, for all ages. So that's been exciting. And folks who don't know the term graphic novels, what does that mean? Um, those are books that the, the format is is different. So um, they're illustrated. Um, there is text, but they're illustrated in panels like like comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're books. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. So we'll be talking about some of those that today. And uh, what about you, Lisa? Uh, has this been a good year? 2023? Oh, it's been an amazing year. Um, the, the hardest thing, I think, for both Holly and I is just keeping up with the volume. Right. And so we depend on recommendations of our peers and award committees and things like that. Yeah. But and, and we... Uh, well, and I'll say, too, that one of the great things about doing this show is we also learn from each other. Um, mm-hmm. So Lisa so I highlighted go to, I go to books. the bookstore and I sit with her stack and then I send I screenshot, you know, I, I take pictures of the piles in my living room. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of this, when we come here, these are the books that come up again and again and again, and that's telling. Right? And so that's, that's telling. I'm, I'm just going to talk about one book right now because it's it's an odd book that you wouldn't ordinarily pick up for a gift, but I think it is great for that m- late middle grade YA. It's called The Woman Who Split the Atom: The Life of Lise Meitner. I don't know how much of your audience knows about Lise Meitner, but she is the one who discovered about atomic subparticles, and again, sexism. <laughs> 
anti-Semitism. This was in Germany before World War II. Um, and what all, age child would enjoy that book? I would, I would say middle grade, seventh, mm-hmm. eighth, ninth, you know, mm-hmm. right in there. And look at that, what we were talking about, that graphic format. Right in the middle of it. We in some... chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. So there's graphic content. And then there's also this page-turning adventure biography. A good story. A great okay. story. And I'm wondering, with your, from your interactions with children and their parents and grandparents and just you know adults who, who care for kids, are you finding that kids and teenagers, are they still interested in books? You know, have you found that books are, are still a gift that people like to buy or share with the young people in their, in their lives? Oh, yeah. We, we see that every day in the store. Um, and one of the great things that we see, too, in the store is um, books being shared um, multi-generationally because mm. the bookstore has been there now for 39 years. So mm-hmm. we have grandparents coming in to share books with their uh, with their grandkids um, and telling like us... you know your dad loved this book. Right, right, right. Or we used to bring your mom here or and your mm-hmm. dad here. Um, so so that's, that's a great thing. But um, yeah, you know, the other thing I'd say too is there's such a variety of books available now for kids. And so that is... Um, helping with uh, providing so many, so Options many things that for, they might yeah, be interested in. Yeah, and Lisa, are you are you find, are kids still interested in actually picking up a well, book? Well, I or, love or, the way you say that because you know how I can't tell you how often an adult with children, especially mm-hmm. young adults, would say, "Oh, my kid just doesn't read anymore. It's not interested. It doesn't matter what I give them. Doesn't matter what right. they are." They were great readers when you knew them when they were in third grade, but now no. But all I have to do is interview the kid, the the child a couple weeks ago who read nothing, her mother declared, mm-hmm. read through all of the Neil Schusterman in three weeks. All I had to do what was- What did you say? What did I say? I said, what do you like to read? What did you like to read? Mm-hmm. What are you interested in? Or yeah, what do you mm-hmm. like to do? What, what do you like to do? Um and and part of it is also is what am I excited about? Mm-hmm. I'll I I ve- I just said I will read anything by Neil Schusterman. And it turned out she had read one book that she loved, loved, loved. Okay. Unwind. And there's more in the series. Thank God for series. Yeah. Right, yeah. What about audiobooks? Are kids listening to audiobooks? Yeah, and, and more are um yeah, more are available. Um but yeah, that's that's also a great option for reading as well. Especially if you're taking a trip in the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you want to share a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and one thing I'll just mention real quick, because people may not know, there are options for where to get audiobooks. Libro FM is a great option if people are looking for... What is that? Uh, Libro FM. Okay. Um, that's a, another option for, for audiobooks. Um, that they, they work in conjunction with independent bookstores. Okay. And so. is it a subscription to it? Um, yes, you can. You can buy single audiobooks or you can buy, you can buy a subscription. And, okay. Yeah. I want to mention, you mentioned it, uh, Holly, and I just want to recognize it too. Uh, Red Balloon Bookshop celebrating its 39th anniversary. I know that you're actually getting national attention for this, uh, for the milestone and the success of the store. In fact, we know that a television news crew from ABC's Good Morning America was recently at the store filming a segment and it will air next week, uh, next Thursday, I believe, November 30th. Uh, what was that like having oh uh, Good Morning America in the store? It was exciting. <laughs> um, they they descended with um, uh, their cameras, their lights. They transformed Red Balloon Bookshop to Red Balloon Studios. <laughs> mm. um, 
But it was a, a, a such a fun day. They um, they actually interviewed Kate DiCamillo for their um, segment, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was it, I, I believe it's going to be a segment about getting kids excited about reading. So they interviewed her, and then we did an event with Kate and and tell her, people about Kate. Yeah, so Kate DiCamillo. Uh, actually did her first launch party at Red Balloon in the year 2000 for because of Winn-Dixie. So mm-hmm. she is a national treasure, has won numerous awards. Um, and this year you were asking, has it been a good year for books? I mean, she alone has is coming out with, I don't know, how, I've lost track how many new books this there's year. There's <laughs> a new Mercy Watson, right. but there's also. But so we did an event for her, her newest book, The Puppets of Spellhorse, which will be a new series. This is the first in a series. Um, and, and Kate just has a way of, I, I always say this, she uses just the right words to tell stories that are so full of emotion and leave you feeling so hopeful for humanity. Um, so anyway, so that's what the day involved. Um, and it was fun and exciting. And, and I, I think just nationally, uh, having that imagery, uh, being able to take people inside of a bookstore to see that because for I mean, a lot of people, it's been years, maybe since they stepped inside of a bookstore. Right. And then also to see that energy too of right. the kids who were there for her mm-hmm. event and to see their excitement and to see uh, grownups engaging with kids around books. It'll be good. All right. Well, let's get to some titles. I know you're uh, first of all, I should let our listeners know uh, the studio is covered with books. Uh, and we're going to have many of these titles and uh, authors that we talk about today on uh, our website, nprnews.org. If you look for my show page there, NPR News with Angela Davis, you'll be able to see the titles and authors that we talk about today uh, as we get to it. So, uh, Lisa, what are you excited uh, to tell us about? Oh, so many books. Um, again, uh, I brought a lot of nonfiction today and that graphic really? format. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know anything about Paul Bunyan. A little bit. I've seen the statues all over the state, and I know what he looks like. And one of my first (laughs) reference questions at the University of Minnesota was, um, where was Paul Bunyan born? Mm -hmm. That was a reference question, Mm -hmm. phone call. Yet, this book, Paul Bunyan, The Invention of American Legend, tells the true story of Paul Bunyan. It's not an original tall tale passed generation to generation. It was invented by a lumbering company in an advertising campaign. And this book has a lot of authors on the cover because so many people contributed to it. And I want to highlight Marlena Miles, who's also a local treasure like Kate DiCamillo. She's the one who's done indigenous maps. She's the one who did the end papers to this and added materials so that we surround this fake tall tale. Mm Mm-hmm with indigenous materials. And I'm just showing you that map. And if you go to Marlena Miles' website, she just makes it available to anyone to see. And that looks like a book I could sit with uh, Hours. many times Hours. Like, that you could frequently pick up. Right. And one of those all ages things where you could That's read all. aloud to and with a fourth grader, but also has so much archival content for graduate students. Wow. Um, Holly? Yeah, well, and to sort of piggyback on that, um, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, the idea that there are kids who just don't like to read. Sometimes it's it's figuring out 
what they might want to read. And for a lot of those kids, it is nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Which, so, I, because it teaches them something, maybe. Is that why? Well, yeah, because they, they love information. And, um, and, you know, often those of us who are very into reading think of novels first, but nonfiction is great. And so um, a, a, a book I, I've been excited about um, this past year is um, called Hidden Systems. Mm-hmm. And this is written for older kids. Um, it's a graphic novel about, get ready for it, Infrastructure. And yeah, okay, I am not interested in this. Oh, oh, but oh I just your, have to interrupt. Look at both of you. I slang. just have to interrupt. Why? When I saw that on Holly's pile at the Red Balloon, I lost my book. mind. This is one of my favorite books this year. <laughs> well, so it's just why? It's, Tell it's me just, why. It is, it is fascinating. You learn um, not oh. only how these systems work. That so they're called hidden systems because they're the things we take for granted, we don't think about at all until they aren't working. The internet, water, electricity. Uh Um, But not only does uh, Dan Knott, the author, talk about how they work, he talks about the context of why they were created and um, the inequalities in in that development, the current inequalities, but then also... Um, talks about possibilities of new ways of thinking for a better future. Okay, I'm holding it, and I want to read a lot of the subtitle. Hidden Systems, Water, Electricity, the Internet, and the Secrets Behind the Systems We Use Every Day. And so it it has, yes, uh, illustrations of every little thing that, all these things that we interact with every day and explains what's going on. Right, and again, for some kids and and also adults, just, (laughs) you know, that, and and I'll I'll tell you too, a lot of, a lot of young people, like, this is one of their biggest concerns. How are we going to sustain our, our systems going forward? Um, and this is a good starting point for okay. that. And then um, there is a, a graphic memoir that won a big award this year. I have in my notes. Um, and oh, Dan, Dan, Dan Santet. Yeah, yeah, a middle grade graphic novel, novel memoir. A first time for everything. What's that about? Huh? Well, this is, this is his memoir of um, his going through middle school. And, um, you know, which uh, all of us who've made it through middle school. <laughs> made it through. <laughs> yeah. Making it through middle school. Tell right, me more. Tell right, me more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so um, as I, I think he says in one of the descriptions, it's the story about him going from being in, invisible mm-hmm. to invincible. Um, and it just chronicles some of those um, typical things in middle school, um, you know, like a, a first crush. Um, oh. He takes a, a big uh, a big trip, um, being encouraged by his parents. Um, but a lot a lot of those um, middle school um, dramas that we all go through are in his memoir. He is um, also an award winning um, illustrator. He's done so many great books. And so it's always great to read that even those most successful people had those moments of uncomfortableness, awkward. mm-hmm. awkwardness, social insecurity. anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, and, mentioned, you mentioned illustrations. Um, and I want to, uh, well, Lisa, you were nice enough to show me a couple of books with some uh, beautiful illustrations. I'm going to go to those. But there's one more thing on the first time for everything, Dan uh-huh. Santet, um, is that this is the book often uh, you have kids you don't really know very well mm-hmm. that you want to give a book to or, um, or the bookstore is helping out. Anyone who loves Raina Telgemeier, Smile, her, her book, mm-hmm. Sisters, will just adore 
this Dan Santat book. Yeah. So. Um, do you have the book? Uh, oh, look at, uh, well, look at these illustrations. I, Speaking of illustrations, well, what's yeah, this one? I was just going to say another great book for those fans of Raina Talgemeier, who, um, if you're not familiar with her, she wrote the books uh, Smile, Drama. We've Guts. talked about we, that before. Yeah. We cannot keep them My on kids our shelves. Read those still, books. I remember right, drama. they've been around for a while yeah. and mm-hmm. still so popular. But this is a book called Duel by uh, Jessica Bagley, um, illustrated by her husband, Aaron Bagley. And it's a story of sibling rivalry um, shortly after their dad has died. So there's si- mm-hmm. sibling rivalry, there's grief, but all with the backdrop of fencing. Um, <laughs> and um, and it's just a really interesting, complex, but fun middle, scra- middle grade uh, graphic novel. I want to talk about, uh, again, the illustrations for the uh, people with the, the little kids that, you know, you're making this a bedtime routine or throughout the day making a daily routine to read. And so those illustrations make a, uh, a big uh, impact. And uh, Lisa, you showed me this book called Big. I'm like, what is this? And then you uh, opened it up and I started squealing. Uh, Tell us about Big and who big it's by and who illustrated it. a big picture book, Pink. Vashti Harrison is the author and illustrator. And it's about a little girl who just seems to be too big for her surroundings, seems Mm -hmm. is the operative word. And other people are telling her who she is in the world. And it's it's a wonderfully paced Aww. book. It is. Um, my husband used to make fun of me. I'd say these illustrations are delicious. This is a book you want to hug and keep <laughs> with you and 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 celebrate. She's adorable. And yeah. when we talk mm-hmm. about joy, it's serious. You know, it's a serious. It's it's got a lot of depth to it. But any six year old will just just adore this yeah, book. such a such a powerful book and you know we just mentioned Dan Sentence novel winning um, the National Book Award that book was also on made the the list of finalists okay let me hold that again and then I know this is my sister's name I think it's uh, pronounced Vashti Vashti Harrison New York Times best-selling creator yeah. uh, illustrations and the story really nice for a, a young child okay and what while do you have we're in your talking hand? about books for the youngest of readers and wonderful illustrations <gasps> This is uh, a book called If I Was a Horse by Sophie Blackall. She, um, her, all of her illustrations are just so beautiful and gorgeous. Um, and um, So that would be good for a young child. Yeah, yeah, for a young child. What I love about it is... In That's a each, fancy horse I'm looking at. And each page, there is just so... The horse so is in the house. Much, yeah, well, so well, it's if, if I was a horse. Imagine a kid imagining if I was a horse. Imagine all that you could do. Um, and on each page, there's just so much um, to to look at, <laughs> to talk is, about. Is it bath time? Uh, right. Yeah. Well, well, the horse, horse is the saying, nobody would make me take a bath. <laughs> um, but it's it's just, it's delightful. It's just delightful and beautiful. Nice. Yeah. And, and uh, sometimes a picture book, somebody will say, oh, didn't you just love this? And the illustrations are exquisite. But there's a disconnect between who it is for. Sophie's Black Elf's book, If I Was a Horse, is so developmentally perfect, just like Big. Mm-hmm. So trust trust your bookseller, trust your librarians, and ask them for books for your child because they will make that match. So to our listeners, uh, if you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, recommendations for uh, great children's books or books for teenagers, uh, middle schoolers, uh, talking with a... a 
a an owner of a bookshop. Uh, Holly Weinkoff is here, the owner of Red Balloon uh, Bookshop there in St. Paul on Grand Avenue, celebrating its 39th anniversary this month, as well as Lisa Von Dresik, a librarian and curator of the Children's Literature Research Collection uh, there at the University of Minnesota Libraries. They're holding up books, sharing titles and authors. But I want to hear from our listeners, too. You can call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Okay, you each get to tell me about two more books, and then we're going to take some of these phone calls uh, from listeners who are on hold. Holly, what okay. are you holding right now? Well, uh, so while we're on, while we're talking about picture books, um, one that recently came out that we just love because it's so unique, so creative. There was a party for Langston. It's written by Jason Reynolds, who writes for uh, older kids usually. This is his first picture book, um, and then uh, illustrated by Jerome and Jarrett. Jarrett Pumphrey. They've done other great books for kids. But this is such a fun, joyful celebration of Langston Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the words are just so much fun with words in this book. There's rhythm to this book. It's a book you read and you want to move. Um, See, I feel like I want to regress and be 10 again because these books well, you know what? are but, very exciting. But what, a, what a great book, not just for kids, but for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are uh, nods to so many great contributors to our literature. And mm-hmm. um, it's just a great way to celebrate all of that with and, this picture book. And a nod to history, too. Because yes. then there's an awakening. Well, who was Langston Hughes? Right. And then you start someone on a path of reading more. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Lisa. Absolutely. And and when, when Holly grabbed that book, I thought immediately of teacher presents. Like we're often thinking about teacher presents. Yeah. What do you give a teacher? And that would be what we would call a mid-list book, right? And so this is another one called From, Words by Gary Gray, Pictures by Ogamora. And I come from early morning wake-ups, handcrafted blankets, knitted with memories, and not only is it a fabulous read aloud and the unbelievably gorgeous pictures and emotional content, but you certainly can see this as a writing prompt for a classroom activity mm-hmm. or a home, an intergenerational. Daddy, where are you from? Grandpa, where are you from? Mm-hmm. I'm from the mm-hmm. Minnesota State Fair and things we eat on sticks. <laughs> and the, the title again is just from. 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 All right, let's uh, let our listeners in on the conversation. I'm going to take some of your phone calls. Call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828 as we talk about great children's books that make good gifts. Uh, in Chaska, we have Oseal. Ocille on the line. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Thanks. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for waiting. What do you want to tell about? you have a good book for us? Sure. Um, I want to recommend a book that was written by Olga Mora, uh, that uh, illustrator that you just mentioned, that was just mentioned, and it's called Thank You, Amu. Oh, I love that love book. love it. Oh, okay. my gosh. What, what's it about, uh, Ocille? Well, it's about a grandma. Amu means... Um, princess or queen in Igbo, which is a West African language. Uh, and a grandma makes a red thick stew and the aroma mm-hmm. attracts some of her neighbors to come around and investigate. And she shares the stew with uh, different characters that show up at her apartment until sadly the stew runs out. But Uh-oh. knock, knock, here come the, the neighbors with a potluck style dinner. And it's a book about reciprocity and, and sharing and community. Oh, that sounds lovely. That's great. And then what age do you think it's appropriate for? 
you know, I think it's for younger toddlers, mm-hmm. probably uh, four, five, six around there. It has a good rhythm. There are parts of it that are repetitive, so kids can memorize. And uh, I'm also a teacher, and I, I have two uh-huh. boys, and I, you know, they they love that book. And uh, I just have to confess that Ogemora is actually my sister-in-law. Oh, and, uh, wow. that's awesome! That's good. <laughs> that's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, we Thank we you. love her work. Thank you, Amu. Right. Yeah. Thank you for calling. Recommend that. And what else do you well, want to say about? So, um, well, a, a great tie-in to that book is uh, a new book um, that I brought today um, by a local author and illustrator. Can't nobody make sweet potato pie like our mama? Um, this is written by Rose Rose McGee. McGee. Yeah, who yeah. You, you probably know. <laughs> We've right? interviewed, and I know Rose. But yeah, tell yeah. us about so, this children's so, book. Yeah, so it's a book about um, her uh, two grandchildren just watching her, her generosity, her kindness, um, and and the comfort she provides as she is sharing her sweet potato pies with the community. And as we're moving into a holiday full of food and family, um, what what a great book to share about the importance of, of sharing with others and bringing comfort to others. Um, she has a recipe for her sweet potato pie. And I mean, she, she has a whole foundation sweet potato oh, comfort that? pie can I see that, um, that yeah. everybody can learn more about. But it is just, it's beautiful. So um, having the recipe in that, then that's a, a prompt to do some baking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I should say too, the illustrations are by Christopher Aaron Dean's also local but um, but Minnesota yeah, just authors. a very oh, beautiful um, pictures, vibrant. Right. Another great book about sharing community. All right, and Lisa, I, I just I just want your your listener who just spoke to come visit me at my library. <laughs> so tell me about your library. Oh, um, the Curling Collection is a collection of original manuscripts and original art, and of you know people like Kate DiCamillo, and also classic books like Wanda Goggs' Millions of Cats. And as the curator, I get to share it. We're open access, so we have class visits from schools. Is it free? It is free. But, you know, look at our schedule. You know, we're small staff, but we'll schedule visits. And we have a reading room where people come. We can reserve a desk mm-hmm. and look at this stuff to their heart's content. And it's in, located in Minneapolis? It's in Minneapolis on the University of Minnesota West Bank campus in the Elmer L. Anderson Library. Right now we have a wonder, two, three wonderful exhibits in the buildings. Also, again, Free and again, it's it's the children's literature research collection, also known as the Curlin yeah. collection. So the one thing I do want to mention, if you go online to curlin.umn.edu, we'll put it online. But <laughs> but if you go online, you can see digital exhibits where we talk about how books are made, how picture books are made. That and interviews cool. with the creators. And is there a limit to how big a group can be? Because I'm thinking maybe I, I take a couple of kids or several well, at one time. Well, it depends. You know, you can email me or email our department and we'll say, yeah, you know, you've got three 12-year-olds that you want to bring in. For People have brought for a very special birthday treat mm-hmm. to look at um, uh, the original art from Melissa Sweet's Balloons Over Broadway. Holly brought her yep. staff. We took a staff field trip so we could see... Um, yeah, the first drafts of Kate DiCamillo's Because of Winn-Dixie, also artwork of from um, Good Night Moon. Um, yeah, it's pretty Good, incredible. You had to go there, didn't you? Good Night yeah. Moon. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. That's a classic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So good. Okay. Uh, let's get more listeners in uh, on the conversation. Let's take a phone call from uh, Amory, Wisconsin. Cynthia is on the line. Good morning, Cynthia. Is there a book you wanted to recommend? 
Good morning. I would like to recommend a book called, it's a picture book for children called The Black Book of Colors. And um, all the pages are entirely in black, but it is trying to explain colors to a blind person. And so the text is written in silver. Mm -hmm. It's written in Braille and embossed pictures. And um, I'm a retired teacher, taught grades three, four, five, and children adored this book. They couldn't get their hands on it enough. Because and, it um, was exposing them to something that maybe they'd never thought about before? Well, not only that, but I think it's a very tactile book, and that was part of the attraction. And just the concept of how do you explain color? You know, red is the color of a skin knee or a strawberry on a June day. Mm. And so it has descriptions like this that the kids are just fascinated with. Thank you. And again, the title is, again? The Black Book of Colors. Thank you, Cynthia. Uh, another phone call, this one from uh, St. Paul. This is Katie on the phone. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for waiting. Uh, is there a oh, book you, you wanted to recommend? I do. Um, Tacoza by uh, Walks with the Blue Moon Girl by Tara Peron, illustrated by uh, Alicia Schwab. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, by a local author who, and it's a beautiful a story about a relationship between a grandmother and a granddaughter. And the grandmother is passing on her, um, she's Dakota, and passing on her plant knowledge to her granddaughter, who um, now is is Tara passing on her plant knowledge um, in St. Paul Mm -hmm. and has a store, Blue Hummingbird Woman, in the Skyway of St. Paul. So it's it's her story of her relationship with her grandmother and you can even buy it in her store and go visit her and learn more about all of the um, medicines that she harvests herself. And it's an extraordinary place in St. Paul. And the story, this book, I just give to all my friends who are becoming um, grandparents um, to just show how, you know, the, the imprint that you can have um, on your grandchildren Mm -hmm. with the knowledge that you have, especially, um, you know, yeah, important knowledge in our and own area. It sounds like the title again, it's Tacoza Walks Tacoza. with the Blue Moon Girl. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, thank that, you. That sounds great. That's, uh, um, I, I, I wanted to mention, too, thanks for um, telling us about that book. Um, we're uh, heading into Thanksgiving, and um, another book people may not know about. It didn't come out this year. It came out in 2022, um, Keep Ponomuk. Um, which is the story uh it's it's a grandmother again sharing stories with her her grandchildren about the great harvest of 1621 um when Ooh. the first people shared um how to survive winter with the newcomers mm-hmm. so usually at thanksgiving we hear the story from uh, a certain perspective this uh gives a much mm-hmm. more complete perspective and a beautiful uh beautiful book um that's written by daniel uh green deer and Anthony and Anthony Perry. And I don't want to forget, you two want to remind me about an event this Saturday. Thursday's oh. Thanksgiving, Friday's Black Friday. Yeah, and Saturday, Saturday is... is Small Business Saturday. It is also Indies First, which is a promotion through the American Booksellers Association, celebrating mm-hmm. all independent bookstores um, and encouraging people to shop at their, in their local indie um, as they're looking for their holiday gifts. Will there be sales? 
Um, some Maybe. places there will be, <laughs> but also special things going on. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep. and I just want to add one of the reasons we shop indies is the staff. Right. Holly's yeah. staff knows kids, knows mm-hmm. books, and can make the match. And and that is true for any indi- independent bookstore that you go visit. Because it, it's overwhelming. You can walk in. I'm like, I don't know. And yeah. to have someone to and, take and the they time help and recommend. You, you go to Birchbark. Mm-hmm. They want to help. Yeah, you. and and the Twin Cities is rich with independent rich. bookstores, so a great day to mm-hmm. go out and and visit them. Thank you for sharing that. Let's take some more phone calls from listeners in Northfield. Felicia's on the phone. Hi, Felicia. What do you want to tell us about children's books? Good morning, Angela. Yeah, I was um, actually listening to this and remembering a series I discovered when um, I was a kid. So this is a long time ago. It's called All of a Kind Family by Sidney oh, Taylor. Do you know it? Yes, I have. Yes. I have Sidney's okay. papers in okay. my collection. All right. Hold on, Lisa. Oh, Sorry. my gosh. Felicia, tell oh, me more about the, the book. Why, why do you love yeah, this it's book a or the series? Okay, it's five little girls, they're sisters, and they grew up in the Jewish section of New York in the early 1900s. And it is a gentle exploration of their adventures, their joys, their sorrows. The family doesn't have a lot of money, but they have a lot of love. The girls are funny, they're silly, they're mischievous. It was also, I grew up in in New England, and I'm not Jewish, and it was my first introduction to Jewish culture as well. And they talk a lot about the Mm -hmm. Jewish holidays and how the kids get involved. And it's transportive. I just, I wanted to be one of the sisters. It was like the March sisters, you know, my Joe or my Amy. I mean, I didn't know which sister I was in this family because I wanted to be all of them. And the series takes them from probably all oh, ages like five to 10 or something to through World War One, where the oldest ends up being engaged. And you, you learn about history. You learn it, it. They're just a magical group of books. And, and again, the I title, All of a Kind all Family. All of a Kind Family, because they're all sisters. So it's all okay. of a kind. But I wanted to mention just one thing, though. Reading this, and I read this probably first, second grade-ish, although you can read them older. A few years later, I read for the first time The Diary of Anne Frank. And I think as much as that book was a before and after into my childhood world, you know, there was my world before that book and there was the world after that book. Mm-hmm. I think that having read and loved all the little girls and all of a kind family before that, gave me a certain level of empathy and just a marginal bit of understanding into a world that, you know, these, these kids are just like me. Mm-hmm. And I think we've, we've missed so much empathy now, and we don't teach empathy. And books like this just really, they teach it so naturally because you realize you are these kids and they are you. Yeah, Thank no, you. I mean, that, and that Thank is you, exactly the power of books. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you exactly. gain so much empathy and understanding when and when you're when you're reading a book. One thing that I find because I, I love movies too, but one of the things I find so different is when you're reading a book, you are you have that perspective of of what's happening in the book. It's not you're you're not watching it from the outside. You are in it. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So can, thanks for you can go back. Like, let me read that again. Make sure I, I understood that correctly. Um, uh, Lisa, anything else you want to say about all of a cat? Family. Yeah, I was I was talking over. That's my East Coastness. Oh, you were um, just expressing sorry. your excitement, <laughs> but that um, Sydney Taylor. There's a Sydney Taylor Award, so it's for the best Jewish books of the year. So if people are looking for more content like that, they can go online for that. 
And um, yes, the University of Minnesota Archives and Special Collections has Sidney Taylor's paper. So you can look at her original typed manuscript mm. for her books. And, the, and then there was a, a picture book that uh, there was from a, a few years Paul ago. Paul Zielinski yeah. and, and Emily, but she's got a I can't remember. stage name. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a book name. But, but, uh, but released a, a, a picture book. A picture book, book about, about Hanukkah. The- Mm. All right, let's take yeah. another phone call from a listener. Uh, a lot more uh, books we want to recommend. In Plymouth, this is Colina on the line. Good morning, Colina. What do you want to tell us about uh, children's books? Good morning, Angela. Thanks for having me. Sure. I um, am a local children's book author, and I was listening to this and thought I would call in and talk about a book I wrote. Oh, I'm glad um, you did. What did you write? <laughs> thank you. It's called Rosie and the Hobby Farm. And it's illustrated by the illustrator Koale, who happened to illustrate Cow Kalia Yang's very popular book, The Most Beautiful Thing, a gorgeous book that I would call in to recommend. Yeah, but yeah. My book, wow. But, and tell us more about your book. What is Rosie and the Hobby Farm about? It is about a young girl named Rosie who learns important values with the arrival of different animals to her family's hobby farm. So oh. its message is that our differences are what make us special, and it's told through animals, which all children, oh. I think, can relate to. And your own experience as a an author, what was going on in your life when you decided to write this book? I had a kid, and I was reading so many books, and, you know, lots of them are just beautiful and some of them don't have any messages and I um I I had visited a hobby farm and I learned about this llama and her name was Selma and the woman (laughs) at the hobby farm said Selma is here because she takes care of all of the other animals and something about that and there's a story yeah it it stuck with me I love that two years later I wrote the story and and so there's Mama the Llama who takes care of all of the animals. And uh, Kalina, where can people get this book? You can get it on my website, which is kalinacicero.com. Um, kind of hard to spell. I can spell it. <laughs> K-O-L-I-N-A-C-I-C-E-R-O.com. But it's also on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop.org. Has anyone talked about Bookshop.org yet today? Talking about the indie bookshop? Yeah, no, yeah. Let's, let's talk about Bookshop.org. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and thank you. And one more question, Kalina. As someone, was this, was this the first book you'd written? Yes. How did you get it published? So, Wising Creative Publishing is a local to us, Minnesota. They're in um, in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I, I work with them. I, I talked to a couple of publishers. So, this is called an indie publisher. So it's not self-published, not traditional. It's kind of that hybrid model in between. All right, because I'm always curious about that. Like, how do you get a book published if you have this great idea? Thank you, Kalina. And uh, I appreciate the recommendation, Rosie and the Hobby Farm, with some beautiful illustrations. Uh, What did you want to tell us? Oh, well, she just mentioned bookshop.org. And they are uh, a company that started right before the pandemic. Who uh, They're an online um, bookseller, but they partner with indie bookstores in that they they – share their their profits with independent bookstores, and we each can have our own um, sites hosted through their website. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they're just they're um, a, a company doing great things to they, they realize the importance of independent bookstores and that uh, it's a part of our culture and um, the importance of having all of these small independent bookstores be sustainable. And so they they are part of the solution.
All right. Um, we I want to make sure we talk about humor because there's some kids that uh, we all like to laugh. Are there some uh, good children's books that really use yeah. humor to get someone? Uh, uh, <laughs> Lisa's holding up a book. Just the, the, the cover is making me laugh. Tell us about this book, Lisa. A very cranky book. Well, and look the, at his it has a, the book, a very unhappy <laughs> body language of a book. And he says, go away. It's by Angela and Tony DiTerlisi. <laughs> And what I love about the book, it, it gave me the kick that Aww. don't let the pigeon drive the bus the first time I read that. That vibe, yes. And the it's a book you can read over and over again. And the book is basically saying, get out of here. I don't want to be read. Go ride a bike. Go do something else. Why are you bothering me? And it's, it's, Aww. it's. The facial expressions are. So much fun. And who doesn't like to laugh, as right. you said? Right. Yeah. Right. Anything well, on, and, in, well, in humor? another uh, great one for humor. Humor. Also, uh, the holiday is coming up. Um, a book, a new book that came out, How Does Santa Go Down the Chimney by Mac Barnett, illustrated by John Clausen. And it is all the speculations about how does Santa do it. And I'm glad someone wrote a book about that. I've well, had a lot of questions about that right, myself. Right, right. And, and each speculation gets more and more hilarious, mm-hmm. um, ridiculous. And in the end, the author comes to the conclusion of, well, I don't ruin, I, it. I, don't ruin I, it. Don't tell I, us. Well, I'm, but that, I, that's a conclusion. Okay. okay. Well, I, 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 it, it's a great, it's a great conclusion. How does Santa <laughs> go down go the down chimney. the chimney? Okay. Yes, and yes. that's for what age group do you think? Oh, I would say under ten. Three, yeah, ages three and and up. Um, three and but up. really, picture books are for all ages. Okay, just right. say it. Uh, let's take another call from a listener in Preston, Minnesota. Hello, Preston this morning. Uh, Aaron's on the phone. Hi, Aaron. What did you want to tell us or recommend when we, as we talk about children's books? Well, I wanted to tie into the exhibit at the University of Minnesota and tell you that there is another exhibit like that right now oh. featuring two books. Well, actually three books, but two children's books. Um, Mary Casanova's Wake Up Island. Mm, that's and beautiful. Hush, Hush Forest. Hush and Hush both of those Forest. Books, okay. Both of those books are illustrated by Nick Robeleski, who is a Minnesota artist. Oh, I love that. Uh, the, mm-hmm, the Marine Museum of Art in Winona, Minnesota, is currently featuring an exhibit called Waking Worlds, mm-hmm. Wondrous Breeds for the Curious Mind. And that museum has they've recently changed their focus and they are doing a lot of um community driven engagement so again this exhibit is totally kid friendly they offer bingo games for kids to find things in the pictures and the original artwork is just I love this. Uh, Southern Minnesota uh, phoning in this morning. So again, this is uh, books currently on display at the Marine Museum of Art in Winona, Minnesota. Uh, And Erin is recommending Hush Hush Forest and Wake Up Island by local author Mary Casanova, illustrated by Minnesota artist Nick Robaleski. Did I say his name right, Erin? Correct. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you for calling. And and those are Mm -hmm. beautiful books. Um, uh, A a book I brought today um, that is also celebrates the beauty of um, this upper Midwest landscape Mm -hmm. um, is called Skating Wild on an Inland Sea. This is by Jean Pinswall and illustrated by Todd Stewart. Um, This is about Lake Superior in wintertime, about the beauty, the magic, um, and 
and the power um, and just the the light in this book uh, on the illustrations. Um, again, another stunning book. Um, so many families have visited uh, many of the you know the towns and the resorts uh, along Lake Superior. So that would be a great book to have to recall some of those memories. Yeah, and yeah. I just want to add, we are branches uh, poet. Our own Joyce Poetry. Sidman yeah. and Beth Chromis illustrated. And it's from the point of view of the na- natural objects. We are our environment. Look how we grow, lifting towards the sun, spreading wide to catch each drop of light. Yeah. And one of the Very cool nice. things about that book, too, is at the end, um, she, Joyce, talks about like all the kinds of branches that make life possible. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty pretty cool and fascinating. I have a written recommendation from a listener. Um, Larry from Wisconsin wrote a message, Violet the Snow Girl, a story of loss and healing by Lisa Walsh. It's a great resource for younger audiences to help process pain. We've had conversations about that, uh, children's books that help uh, Uh, children understand emotions, how to get through emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Any recommendations that come to mind again, like some good books, if someone is dealing with loss or grief in a family that might be helpful? Yeah, well, um, a a couple, um, uh, a couple things that come to mind. um, And I'm doesn't have to to be new, but that might be some family Um, what they're thinking of. Um, and there's the book, Lisa, maybe you can help me remember the title, Enzo is Not Here Anymore. Oh, Enzo is Not Here Anymore. We talked about that last year. Yeah, we talked about that. So that is by, um, uh, actually, the founder of, I think it was Crocus Hill Grief Counseling Center. Mm-hmm. Enzo um, is Not Here Anymore is Enzo, the title. And it's yeah, about it, it's a loss about, of a brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. But um, for the whole family, you know, when we talk about books for the whole family, if there's grief and grieving happening within a family, he has an adult book that can be shared intergenerationally called this thing called grief Mm -hmm. and i would just go to the last chapter and those are the practical things and one of the things is creative play and writing Mm -hmm. collage so all these things that we think about how to process right valuable okay uh we've got like a minute left so what do we want to get in did we, we we didn't talk about mysteries Mysteries? No, and we haven't talked too much about middle grade novels, so I will just yeah. real quick make a plug for a book that I am loving, um, The Eyes and the Impossible by Dave Eggers. It's the, a story told through a dog's perspective, also funny. Um, oh, and, and a chapter book. It's a, Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, it's a, it's a chapter book. It would make a great family read aloud. Um, this dog, the point of view of a dog. From the point of view oh. of a dog, his perspective is just so smart, oh. so insightful, um, and often very funny. Tell me the title again. The Eyes and the Impossible. Okay. The uh, Another book you want to make sure we get to? <laughs> well, okay. One, okay, if I had a last oh, word. Mm-hmm. This book is Chinese Menu, The History, Myths, and Legends Behind Your Favorite Foods by writer and illustrator Grace Lin. Uh Everything you're thinking about when you think about Chinese food in America, where does this stuff come from? Is it actually Chinese? What do we love about it? And um, just the first chapter, I ended up uh, sitting with someone in hospice care, and I read aloud, you the great invents chopsticks, mm. something I've mm-hmm. never thought about. I know. And there's a wonderful timeline in there from like rice in 7000 BC up to... 
fortune cookies are a relatively new thing and also not invented by somebody who was Chinese, actually Japanese. All right. So, um, again, we're going to have much more on our website, uh, nprnews.org, the titles of all of these fabulous books, uh, as well as our social uh, media pages. So check that out uh, because uh, you two, Holly and Lisa, have done a great job uh, uplifting reading and the power of books. We've been talking to Lisa Von Dresik, the curator of the Children's Literature Research Collection at the University of Minnesota Libraries, and Holly Weinkoff, the owner of Red Balloon Bookshop on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, celebrating its 39th anniversary. Congratulations and thank you to you both. This conversation was produced by Maya Beckstrom. Be safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.